thinking he was about to tell us something funny. Yeah, no, so when I was... So in... It's a rare thing, we've got to grab it while we can. Why? <laughs> it's really early in the morning, man, come on. Um, <laughs> early in the morning, it's quarter past 11. I can't deal with this, man. Um, when I was in Evan, because obviously the worst thing about having being in a long West End contract is like you've got so much time on your hands after you've done the press night and everything so I got the MD Matt yeah. Smith to teach me how to play um, one of my favourite Phil Collins songs it's called you know what I mean it's called you know what I mean uh, I don't you <laughs> know what I mean it's a really really good song mm. and it took me like how long was I in Evan for 18 months it took me 17 and a half months to learn it and <laughs> uh, I completely forgot about it but I did play um, we did um we played the Olivier's the year after the pandemic. They brought us back to yes. sing. Yeah, um, that. You'll be friend. Um, and in between the rehearsal in the morning, it's quite a long day, actually, grueling. In between the rehearsal yeah. in the morning to the actual production, the actual show in the evening, you just sort of mill about. And I um, stole myself onto the stage of the Royal Albert Hall and played the song on the the BBC Orchestra's Did you? piano. Yeah, there's a video of it. I might put it up, actually. Oh, my God, but that's so Tom, cool. Tom, who's the, who is um, DSM in Evan, was recording me do it. And the guy came past and he was the piano tuner. And he just turns to Tom and goes, is he the pianist? And Tom just goes, um, uh, uh, Jack, are you the pianist? And I was like, no, I, I, I'm just playing. I need to go. Bye. And just ran off. <laughs> well, I, I have played the piano oh at the God. Royal Albert Hall, so that's pretty nice. Well, that's amazing, yeah. And then the tuner got on and sort of just sorted it out again sort after you bashed yeah. it up. Yeah. Although it was perfectly oh in God. tune, I was just playing it wrong. <laughs> What's that infamous um, Morecambe and Wise quote? Eric Morecambe gets on the piano and um, Andre Previn says, you're playing it wrong. And he says, I'm playing all the notes, just not necessarily in the right order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, that's exactly it. I wish I'd play. Do you play an instrument, Rob? No, I mean, I, 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 I learned at school and at home the piano, the violin, the flute, the guitar, the recorder, obviously, as obviously. every British child did at junior school, and never maintained any of them. And it's just such a, it speaks to my character about my inability to stick with anything Mm. uh, for a sustained period of time in my life. But it also is a source of great regret, as I think so many people say, about not sticking to it and indeed not really being made to stick to it. Mm. I think, you know, you do need support and you do need, you know, in the same way that... You're blaming others for your lack of uh, stamina. I'm not. (laughs) I think sometimes you do need guidance. You know, like you're told to brush your teeth every day because it's good for you. And you don't want to do it as a kid, but you know, ultimately, it's in your interest. And I think sometimes those sort of things are also true. You know, like, like with skills, it can be so easy to go, oh, don't worry about it if you're not interested. But I really wish I'd been, you know, I'd been, it'd been instilled in me a little bit more. Mm. But I'm not blaming others. It's totally about me and I should have stuck to it and yeah. um, et cetera, et cetera. But I did in the pandemic get a good download course about learning to play the guitar by chords. Because I think the problem when you learn instruments in Britain I don't know if this is a British thing, actually, but often, historically, it was that you would get a piano teacher and they would teach you really core foundations from a classical point of view, where you started learning music that you didn't know or recognise. And really, most of us just want to get on and play a Delta Gudrun song. Not most of us, that's me. (laughs) But I think, or, you know, a whatever your musical bent is, you want to get on the piano and just, like play the chord so you can sing along you don't necessarily want to learn a Debussy 
track for your you know i've just um, obviously three or whatever because there's only listeners here i've just because where i record here there's a piano behind me yeah as rob was saying that i've just pulled out my childhood um easiest piano course by john thompson's um <laughs> and you're so right you go through it and it's like i mean they're just rubbish songs i mean they're just boring yeah. i mean this is like my youth here this is my, my yeah. youth in this book but yeah it's true i want to play delta Go- i want to play coldplay I want to play Coldplay. Yeah. I don't want to play yeah. the duet from Farrah Jacker. Yeah. Opera, uh, op, Opus 28 or whatever, all that kind of no. stuff. No. Yeah, no, boring. Um, I mean, would you feel able to move your mic and give us Phil Collins' rendition on the piano behind you? Well, this piano is, um, <laughs> it's actually not real. It's a prop. It's just purely for when we get our YouTube channel. <laughs> no, uh, I, right, I, okay. I could probably play, I can play, um, what's that? Uh, is it a script song? No, it's not. It's it's a f- the the fray. You know, um, where did I go wrong? I lost oh, yeah. a friend somewhere. Give it a go. It's, the piano it's so tune. out of tune. No, it's so out of tune. Well, we'll forgive you. So that will forgive so many. That will cover oh. a, a multitude of sins. This is bad. <laughs> go on, do it. Okay. Well, I've got to move stuff. <laughs> This this wasn't the plan today. No, this absolutely was not in our um, overview of today's episode, but I think this is gold. This is going to be crap. Uh, <laughs> it's so out of tune. It's not the attitude, Jack, is it's, it? It's really out of tune, and I can't... Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, God, it is, isn't it? <laughs> See, I'm not very good, and it's oh really out of tune. Oh, my God. No, that's... I mean... The other one, everyone can play Coldplay. I think I can. Hold on. Yeah, try cover. Oh, God! Uh, there you go. That's so embarrassing. Well done, I'm, I'm never going to get a job playing anything. That is quite a sound coming from that piano. That is, uh, that's an old honky-tonk piano there, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it, I'm actually not from Birmingham. I'm actually in a Wild West theme part of a theme park <laughs> in like Middle America or something. And I'm just like a honky-tonk player. <laughs> <laughs> that is a classic sound. I mean, that is real, like, old stand-up piano that you might have at school. Very much so, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know brilliant. how long it's been here. But, I, yeah, I used oh. to... It was in tune once, I promise. Well done, Jack. That's uh, that's very impressive. No, it's not, It's another Rob. string no, to your bow. No, what a multi-talented not. man you are. You really don't have to um, talk shit to me, Rob. It's fine. It's crap. Yeah. But uh, uh, it was good at the Albert Hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've played at the Albert Hall, which is which is incredible, really. I mean, it is a, a sort of loose segue in today's episode, which was which is theatre to look forward to in 2024. And maybe you playing the piano in a touring or Western show could be on the cards based on that audition. Well, actually, it's really weird you say that. I'm eating a banana. I do apologise for the listeners. Yeah. Um, uh, that was exhausting playing that, so I need some potassium. Oh, yeah, just you, to, must, yeah. Yeah, you must get um, your energy levels. Yeah, Segway into 2024. I've actually... Mm. One of the last auditions I had last year was I had to play guitar for a play yes. that's being made this year that's going to be... Uh, it's well up in my list to go and see. So this is Enemy of the People, is it? Yeah, Ibsen play with Matt Smith yes. playing the, the title role. Don't play the leader. Yeah, so you were being coy about this at the time when you had the audition and we did feature a little bit of it, but this is being released. I was going to ask you about this because will you go see it 
You know when you've auditioned for a show and then you don't get the part, especially a big show that you know is going to get some profile and all the rest of it, and in any other circumstances you probably would have gone and seen it if you hadn't have auditioned for it. You'd be like, oh, that, that could be interesting. Classic Ibsen play, Matt Smith, bit of talk around it. I might try and see that if I'm in town. But now you auditioned for it and didn't get the part. Will you go see it? Um, it's uh, it's quite an interesting thing. It's I think every actor sort of differs. Now, for me, mm. if I've gone up for something that I thought that I, I, I've got a good shot at this, I think I could. Yeah, I've got a bit of confidence about doing this part. And if I look right and I sound right, I think I might go far in the rehearsal process. Uh, yeah. And then if I don't get the part, then I do. I do quite struggle. It's quite egotistical, though, really, because I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, there are certain things that I'm like. Especially telly jobs, I'm like, oh, God, I wish, I really wish I could have done that. Um, yeah. But for this, I mean, I can't, for any of the other people, I mean, I had to play guitar. The premise is that the character is in a band and he's the front man. And so his right. guitar-like skills have got to be way higher than mine. I mean, I can yeah, funny yeah. around with some chords, but I wouldn't be sitting there going, well, I could do a better job than that because I clearly could yeah. And he's obviously, yeah. he or she, whoever gets the part. Do you know who's got it? No, I don't. I, 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 is the casting out yet? I don't know. I don't know, actually. Uh, I'm not sure. But yeah, no, I'll definitely go and see it. But there's, yeah, there's other stuff. I can't, I can't watch Derry Girls, for example. Did you go up for Derry Girls? Yeah, I went up for the, um, the English boy cousin oh did you mm. and um dylan mm. llewellyn who is a fantastic he brilliant yeah, wasn't he he is fantastic actor he was my uh understudy in warhorse oh no that's even more boring <laughs> isn't it but he was he was way more perfectly <laughs> suited for it and he is an exceptional actor his comic timing is out of this world but i can't watch yeah. it because i could have been rich and been on soccer am and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. no i'm joking I'm, but he's amazing but yeah um it's kind of what about you do you watch do you watch stuff you've been in uh, you didn't get or I think every actor's a bit uh, different, really. Yeah, I mean, I think I think where I felt... <clears throat> it's a funny one, because I've always sort of said I, I'm not instinctively jealous about other people getting work. You know, when friends get work, mm. I, I really... I'm glad, I'm really... That really delights me. I'm really... Yeah. I'm thrilled for them, and I'm excited for them. And because I wasn't up for it, or, you know, we're different casting, I, I don't get jealous of it. Whereas I know some people... It, it can be really poisonous. Yeah, you know, they really they've struggle. Got great yeah. mates, and they've got a job, and they haven't got a job, and they don't celebrate it. But I, I love it when my mates get work. I think it's really brilliant. But when you are, when you see things, you're like, I think what I get jealous of more is when I haven't been seen for something that I know I would have done a great job at. Mm. And you're like, why didn't I get in the room for that? Yeah. I'm perfect for that. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't that happen? And that's a really frustrating situation. And the answer to that, of course, is it's very difficult. It's, but it's partly your own proactivity mm. because, you know, I think I know a lot of actors who are really, really good at knowing what's coming up, getting ahead of the game, pushing their agents, giving them a nudge saying, I'd really like to be seen for this. Maybe, you know, doing a double prong attack, going direct to the casting director or the director as well and saying, please, can I get in the room for this? Yeah. I'm less good at that, certainly now I'm older. I used to be better at that when I was younger and a bit more enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah. um, now you're just cynical. I'm less good at doing that these days. Yeah, cynical. I think what I do do a lot, which is, I don't think, a very attractive thing, is when I, I think, given that I've directed a lot, when I'm watching stuff, I do critique the directing quite a lot. Yeah. I think about what I might have done. I get very inspired by other people's directing. But if I'm seeing something crap, I tend to disengage from watching the show and the story and I start it actually fires my imagination quite a lot seeing something crap mm. I start thinking about how I would have done things differently I start thinking about other projects that I want to do based 
not on what I'm seeing, but just thinking, oh, in the style of this, I could do something much better. So I find even seeing crap stuff quite creative. I think that's um, that's universal, I think. I think if you see... Do you feel like that? Yeah, it does fire your... I mean, I'm only coming from an acting standpoint, but when you do see someone do stuff, and it's not like a it's sort of a critical thing, but it's not like a, you know, harsh thing. It's just like, well, I, I don't... I don't think I'd do it like that. Or maybe I would yeah. like, I've seen a play before and then bought the script. If I love the play, I bought the script after, and then you read it through and you're like, Oh, my instincts are completely different to what I saw on stage. And I yeah. actually, I would have done it a little bit different. I'd approach it a little bit different, but yeah, I think that's yeah. quite universal and it does fire your creativity yeah. of seeing something rubbish, I think. And how often do you go to the theater? Do you go and see a lot of stuff or not? Um, it's quite difficult. You kind of fall out of the routine of it when you're in a show for so long. So like in every yeah i'd have gone to see a sh- i'd have seen about three shows in 18 months or something obviously the pandemic yeah. in between as well so it's kind of hard to get that routine back up again but i mean i've been in birmingham for oh, about nine months now but so there's not as yeah. much going on really i've been to a few things at the rep and a couple of things at the hippodrome if i was in london especially when i was at drama school up until curious and warhorse when i was busy i'd go like every other week i mean why would you not yeah especially being that age yeah, as well yeah. because there's like tickets like deals and stuff so you can get like a tenner to go and see yeah yeah Lear at the national or something yeah I, I i do love and i love it's really weird as well i love going on my own i love going to yes. the theater on my own because it's like it's your own little self-care bit anyway and you're just chilling on your yeah. own anyway. and I, I like being on my own it's quite nice but it's it's a perfect place to people watch some of the things i've heard at the theater as you're like just eavesdropping on conversations i, I, I can't remember what i was seeing because I've, I've seen so much in london yeah I think it was a, I think it might've been the father with, um, it wasn't Kenneth Cranham. He took over. Or was it Kenneth Cranham? I can't remember. Uh, the father, which is Anthony Hopkins won the Oscar for that's turned into a film. Yeah. Kind of I went to see it. We were in the bar at the interval and, um, some guy, some guy there was some, there was like obviously interval drinks and people were drinking champagne and Prosecco and stuff. And then somebody just walked past and I was like, where the hell is Archie? To which somebody turned to him. His mate just went, Oh, he's probably mind sweeping the bubbly. Come on. We've got to go and sit down. And I was like, this is the most <laughs> ridiculous over the top fucking middle class thing ever. But yeah, it's my, I love yeah. I love going to the theatre. But yeah, I'll go and see anything and everything. If I was in London, I'd be going every week if I had the money. And if you've seen anything crap, have you ever left at the interval or do you stick it out? I've never left at the interval. Have you not? I've never, ever, ever in a show left at the interval, ever. Oh, really? Even if it's awful really? as well. Yeah, I've never left the interval. I think, um, I mean, uh, you just sort of go, if you are watching something that gets the interval, you just go, this is going to be long second half yeah but i always i always have hope for the second half to kind of pick it up but sometimes yeah Yeah. but i've never left i know loads of people who do i think it's i think it's but i've been in shows that people have left at the interval as well and i've you can noticeably see the change in the capacity of the theater when the second half starts i did um, serious money at the rep when i was about 16 as an ensemble Mm. member carol churchill play about yuppies and the financial crash probably was yeah. all about thatcher and all that kind of stuff birmingham yeah, yeah. rep probably wasn't the right place to do it in the time that it was in anyway um yeah. interval and it was like half empty in the second half it was mad <laughs> and it's soul yeah. destroying and i know what that feeling is oh, like as and, a performer when you come out yeah, and you see soul like, destroying. i mean you generally know if you're in a dud as well yeah you do but yeah. you don't you don't need it confirming by a mass exodus at the soul. interval but yeah so I, I don't leave the interval have you ever left at the interval i have i've been close i have been close what have you left i have a couple of times a couple of times generally um which i think is more forgivable i've done it 
at Edinburgh shows. Okay. Um, if you've been up to the Edinburgh Festival mm. and you're seeing maybe four or five shows in a day, often, you know, you're running between shows because of the timings of them. And if you're in a dud, you're like, I don't need this. You know, I'm going <laughs> to see three of the shows today. I could get to the bar a little bit earlier. I don't need to sit through this amateur production of Blood Wedding, <laughs> yeah. um, which is <laughs> one I remember doing. Uh, I, I love Lorca and Blood Wedding, but you, you, it's a tricky play at the best of times, and I don't need some semi-amateur society, or I think it was like a student drama society, absolutely murdering it. Mm. So I remember leaving it that. I remember seeing a very big production in London, a Rupert Gould production. I think it was um, six characters in search of an author. Mm. And... I remember getting to the interval going, I was with friends and we were all like, what the hell is this? And we were all really debating whether to leave or not. And we decided that we'll stick it out. And then the second half was incredible. It was an absolute turnaround and it made so much sense of what happened in the first act. So it is always a gamble. And I think, you know, as you said, sometimes it does really turn around. Yeah. It's definitely been some shows I wish I had left at the internet. Yeah, me too. There are, I mean, I saw um, Betty Blue Eyes in the West End because we got free tickets to it when we were at drama uh, yeah. school. That was a car crash, really bad show. And it's like, <laughs> it's <laughs> totally not on my street at all. But um, yeah, it was bad. There's some shows that I've wanted to leave. But because uh, I know what that feels like as an actor when people leave at the interval, and it is pretty soul-destroying. But um, yeah. But yeah. What about... Do you believe in leaving a sporting event before the end? It's really interesting you say that. I was having this conversation the other day. Uh, I've never done it before, but now I'm at an age where I would leave 10 minutes before the end of the match just to beat the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I would be that. I mean, it's um, obviously being an Albion fan as well, the traffic around the Hawthorns is biblical sometimes and it's only a little yeah. ground it's only about twenty five thousand. but because it's right on the motorway junction of the m6 m5 yeah horrible m5 going the into the m6 yeah yeah it's just a nightmare and i i think i haven't been all season to the hawthorns but i think if it was i would leave a little bit earlier yeah especially if you're, yeah. there's another thing as well non-league we have a rule that if we go three goals up or three yeah. goals down we're gone doesn't matter what time it is if we go three nil up in the first minute we're done. We're straight to the pub. It's the three goal rule. Yeah, but yeah, I, um, yeah. I mean, there's. It, it feels like there's two types of spectators in that situation. There are those who will leave on mass as a kind of statement of disgust. You know, if a team has gone four four one down mm. and there's still like twenty minutes to go, and you see the cameras will cut to them streaming to the exits, and it's kind of like a statement of you lot of shit. I'm not standing yeah. around to watch this crap anymore. Mm. And then there is definitely the 10 minute before the end beat the crowd sort of stuff almost irrespective of the result whether it, yeah. they're winning or losing yeah, yeah. That they'll just they'll just go at that point <laughs> thank god that doesn't happen in theaters could you imagine <laughs> just like as the play is coming to it's your major emotional uh demument what's the word i can never say that word demument 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 Demumont. Um, um, <laughs> and actually people are like, oh yeah, but I, I, I would rather beat the crowds on the Northern yeah, line. So I'm just going to, just going to head out here as the murder is revealed. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Down the line. Excuse yeah, me. Excuse me. Excuse that me, would yeah. be, um, yeah, that would be very just distracting. Juliet takes the vial. It's like, oh, best girl. <laughs> best lead. Oh, she did. Oh yeah. Sweet. I'll, I'll, I know what I'll, happens. I'll, yeah. I'll shove off. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah that's bad. Yeah. Uh, do you reckon there'll be any plays that you won't be leaving uh, that you think you won't be leaving in 2024 halfway through it. Because there's, well, a, there's a lot of theatre stuff going on this year, I think. There's and I a think... lot of stuff 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. And I think it's interesting, like, previewing theatre is always a, is an interesting one because I'm quite reactive in my theatre going. Mm. Whereas from a sport point of view, you can look forward to certain events as we have done, you know, mm. last week in, in the episode thinking, oh, that's really good. I'm building anticipation around that. There's few things that really excite me in that respect from a theatrical point of view. There's a few things I've seen in the diary this year that we, we might mention that might fall into that category. There's a few things that I think, mm, that's quite interesting. I might start to explore the possibility of going to see that. I'm not pre-booker. Mm. Like, I've got yeah, some I'm mates, Doug and Chris, who like will like fill the year with pre-booking shows. Yeah, I'm not like And that. they will really like pay a premium. They'll book centre stalls right in the middle, quite close to the front, so they can really make sure that they're going to have a good experience and they'll go see all the big shows that are anticipated. I'm much more reactive, mm. like turn up, grab a show, last minute sort Me of stuff. Me too, yeah. But there are definitely some things that I think might be quite interesting to see this year. I think it's about to open, but there's a Jez Butterworth play, isn't there? The Hills of California that's yes. going to be directed by Sam Mendes that you just know yeah, that's will be one of those quite rare, good quality new plays that will hit the right yeah. notes. It'll be provocative. It'll be zeitgeist in some way. It'll speak to us. Yeah. It'll speak to this time. And I think there are a few playwrights out there who can actually do that and yeah. directors that you know are going to make a really good theatrical experience. And that will fall into that category. And that'll be definitely something I'd like to see but it will be relying on getting a return. Or yes, something, that'll be I sold think. out uh, before, well, months and months in advance. Um, yeah. Because he is, uh, Jez Butterworth is a genius, obviously, writer of Jerusalem that I never saw. Did you see it? I did. And it is a fantastic play. Yeah, yeah I, I did go see it and I'm glad I did. Again, I sort of resisted it a little bit, thinking, you oh, know, everyone's obsessed with this. Mm. But actually I went and really, really enjoyed it. It was a super bit of theatre. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I, I am looking forward to Enemy of the People, even though I got yeah. snubbed. No, I'm joking. I'm not yeah. this result. I am looking forward to that. It was at the Barbican in 2014, the same production. Um, with German director, isn't it? Yeah, it's German dude. It's very well reviewed and it looks really cool. It looks really sort of, it's like there's, there's an indie band in it and I can see Matt yeah. Smith is going to, I mean, the premise of the play is about a lawyer who, go, a guy who takes on the council because the water quality is bad in, in his town. Yeah. And it's all about state versus citizens, public and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think that's going to be really cool. It's really cool. There's a trailer on Tinternet on YouTube of the 2014 production in Barbican, if you want to have a taste of it yeah so i think it's the duke of york thomas ostermeyer is the, the director yeah. and it's um i mean ibsen is a I mean, he's one of my favorite playwrights yeah, he's pretty really interesting because that play and the themes of it are so contemporary because obviously mm -hmm. not just on the nose with the issues we have around water and sewerage right across britain right now but there's always much more kind of global themes in his stuff mm. um and i think yeah as you say that is uh, absolutely right to be told right now and it'll be one of those sort of Star cast, very talked about, hot tickets, I imagine. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's this Live Aid play, isn't there, yes, that's going to be on at the Old at Vic, the old Vic yeah, which yeah. is called Just For One Day. And it's a play by written by John O'Farrell, who I don't really know, actually, but it's directed by Luke Shepard, who really is the sort of rising star of the director world. He will end up running the National Theatre, I'm quite sure, in 10, 15 years. Mm. He was an assistant to 
Matthew Walkus on Matilda for a long time. And then he's done a lot of things that really hit a moment. He directs Anne Juliet, which I haven't seen, which is a kind of jukebox musical focusing on Juliet from Romeo and Juliet. That's just transferred to Broadway. He's directed My Sons Are Queer, which was a bit of an off-West End hit that's actually gone to Broadway now yeah, as well. That's a great play. He's directed Big Little Things, which is on at the... Um, newly at Soho Players Theatre, mm-hmm. the newest theatre in London, which, you know, I had mixed feelings about that show, actually. I thought it was a Dear Evan Hansen light, if I might say. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. But, yeah, he directs this show, and it's set on the day of the Live Aid concert in 1985, which I have a very real memory of. You weren't born. I was that, born. I don't know if that's going to be... <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be one of those things that's, like, brilliant or... I've got an instinct that it's going to be one of those things that we just didn't need. Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like it's just going to be ego. Well, the, Live Aid is, is, is Live Aid. It's a huge, amazing thing, but it kind of sounds... Yeah. Is it just going to be a bit egotistical of just watching, like, superstars, like, rehearse together? I mean, there's so yeah. many stories about Live Aid and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, the premise of it and why they did it's amazing and the charitable parts of it and stuff, that's amazing. But, like, like I've just read Phil Collins' autobiography <laughs> just to go off on a tangent. Obsessed <laughs> <laughs> with Phil Collins. Phil Collins. How did this come from? I know. Mark, Ford Escort, driving to school, mum puts the tape in, Genesis, Phil Collins, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, Can you hear it calling in the night? That, those aren't the words at all, but fair enough. No. Um, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Oh, Lord. And it's a gorilla playing drums. I'm joking. In the Dairy Milk advert. In the Dairy, Dairy Milk, Milk advert. Yeah, it was yeah. Cabri, yeah, class. And like reading his autobiography, like it just sounded like everyone was a bit of an arsehole there. And just yeah. sort of doing it for themselves. So it'll be interesting if they play up the egos of the people who are there. But it's just, it's like a jukebox, really, isn't it? They're just playing all the songs that, so there'll be Dylan songs, there'll be um, Queen songs, Bowie songs. Yeah. And that, but yeah, I think, I think that might be a miss. I don't know. Yeah, I think it might be a miss. I, the song I totally remember discovering and the artist I remember discovering of Live Aid was Tracy Chapman mm. and Fast Car. I remember her He's doing a set and she really car. sort of caught a, yeah, caught a yeah. moment. That's a great song, that is. Yeah. What a song. Yeah. Yeah, set up by Movie Miss. Um, one thing that I am looking forward to because I think it's right on my political street, Michael Sheen is starring in Nye. Uh, at mm, the National Theatre about Nye Bevan, all about the yes. the NHS, him making the NHS. I think it's set towards the end of Nye Bevan's life. Yeah, but Michael Sheen is obviously politically aligned with Nye Bevan, and for him to play that part, I think that might be a bit of a powerhouse performance from him. He's yeah. so articulate and you know so eloquent on topics about politics uh and they're aligned with i think the three of us so i think he will have a vested interest in that and put his all into it for to put yeah up. um so I think he's an interesting animal isn't he because he's someone that you can imagine maybe at some point in his career doing a bit of a glenda jackson maybe being an mp mm, yeah yeah um because he's really political active i mean it's a question whether actually being an mp relative to being a popular actor with a voice to what extent you can make more of an impact but mm. he is a big political animal isn't he and yeah i think that'd be something I'd, I'd definitely like to see yeah me too yeah written by tim price and rufus norris is directing it yeah i think he's about to die in the play it's towards oh, the end okay. of his life and then he's looking back and it's all sort of i think it's going to be quite weird and spooky and all that kind of stuff yeah I think that's how it's going to be set that'd be a good thing to get in jack you need to get in that uh i think it's already cast when's is it on 
on it's playing at the Olivier from yeah 24th of Feb to the 11th of May this year ah yeah so that'll be, be well into process uh, yeah there's loads of things that we should both be in Rob but you know yeah oh man well here's a shout out to um, I was going to ask you if you've got any mates in anything have you got any mates in anything that you know is coming up what's happening with Sam Tutty's show that one he did at the kiln is that transferring anywhere or is that just still going or has that died a death uh, yeah, Sam Tut's in uh, Two Strangers Carry a Cake Across America at uh, the Kiln, so that might get a transfer at some point. Uh, yeah. It's got loads of stuff, but apart from that... Um, yeah, Operation Mincemeat, a couple of pals were in that. Uh, that yeah, was, I saw that. I really enjoyed that. I have to say, have you seen it? I haven't seen it. No, apparently it's brilliant, yeah. It is good. I wouldn't say it's brilliant. I think it's very good. Um, and uh, it's one of those... That you think, yeah, well done, guys. Like, you worked really hard at this. It started small, it's built, it's got a bit of a cult following. Yeah. It's inventive. You know, there's no stars in it whatsoever. It's just good, hardworking actors who've clearly been, some of them, really involved in the creation of it and have a lot of ownership over it. And mm. I love seeing players like that that have got a big success. I've got two mates in things and a shout out to regional theatre, but my good friend, indeed, my housemate, my landlord, Andrew McBain is going up to Sheffield Theatres to do a production of The Crucible. Oh, um, lovely. Which will be at The Crucible. At The Crucible. Uh, Theatre in Sheffield. And that is one of the all-time, if not the best play ever written, in my opinion. Really? Um, yeah, I would say Whoa, it's right okay. There. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so that will be a really good production i'm sure it's hard to fuck it up frankly that's not a critique on whoever's about to to make that show they'll do a great job but it's such a you know a really really well-made play mm. that i just hope it isn't messed with too much because it's um it's so fantastic and then massive shout out to my friend patrick miles who is actually a massive liverpool fan and amateur footballer so he would be a great person to get on the pod, I've just realised, so we, we must speak to Patrick. Yeah. But he is an actor-turned-producer, and he works so bloody hard. He conceived and produced a network, which you may have seen at the National Theatre, transferred to the West End. I saw Broadway, it, yeah. Incredible play, Starring yeah. Brian Cranston. Mm. And he sat in the dining room of the house I'm recording from now, thinking, watching that movie, saying, I think this will make a good play. And he made it happen. He was the producer on it, got other producers involved with money, got the writer, got Ivan Van Hoer directing it, wow. and took a show to Broadway. And I just... That is incredible. It's just such an incredible undertaking to mm. produce a show. Did- I've only done it on small scale mm. at Edinburgh, Theatre 503, small theatres. It is all-consuming. But to do it on that that level, to do it with the co-production of the National Theatre, take it to the West End, mm. take it to Broadway, is so admirable. What his next project is an adaptation of Dr. Strangelove, mm, nice. which is starring Steve Coogan, oh, and is written by Amanda Anucci, who obviously is a big, big collaborator, writing party, collaborator yeah, yeah. of um, Steve Coogan. So that, I think, will be amazing. Mm. And again, so brilliant for Patrick to have made it happen. Again, his idea to do that adaptation is making it happen. So I think it would be brilliant. Actually, maybe when that's released, which is later on in the year, we should get Patrick on. That'd be fantastic. And maybe, um, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if you could like convince Steve Coogan to 
come on as well. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Oh my god, love to meet Steve Keegan. Yeah, that's a brilliant. Yeah. I mean, how amazing so for your that's pal. A good show. He's a network. Yeah, isn't that cool? Network was. Um, you saw it, obviously. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, it was I really enjoyed yeah, it. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I was. Um, we sat on the stage and had dinner. Those are one of the. Um, oh, did you do that? Yeah, we did yeah. those. Yeah, it was brilliant. Fantastic play. Um, props to your mate. That's brilliant. Good stuff. Yeah. A pal from uh, Evan actually just thinking about Lauren Ward. She's currently in Stranger Things, the new oh, play that's yes. coming up, yeah. which is going to absolutely blitz the Olivier's apparently because it's just amazing. Yeah, that's going to run and run. And there's going to be like five different plays apparently. This is like the first. Uh, incarnation of it being on the West End. Oh, really? Apparently, there'll be like uh, part okay. two and part Smart. three and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. Are you a Stranger Things fan? I mean, I'm not massively keen on it. I bet it's. I've never seen an episode. Never seen him in it. I bet James watches it. James, do you watch it? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I love it. Yeah, a lot. Do you? Mm-hmm. And you? Yeah, would. that's right, James. <laughs> um, it's not. I'm not massively too keen on it. I might go and see it if the t- tickets come down a bit, but it's very expensive. Yeah. Another thing, we have to make a mention of it because he does it every year and he's just an absolute powerhouse in the theatrical world. Ian McKellen is playing Falstaff in Player Kings at the Null Coward. That yeah. guy is unstoppable. I'm telling you, Ian McKellen, I don't know what he's made of, but he's just unstoppable. He will go until seconds before he shuffles off this mortal coil. He's incredible. The stamina yeah. that man has, and he's playing that it's basically Henry the Fourth Part One and Two smished together. He's playing full star. Yeah, he's just amazing. And I, I, I watch. I love watching Ian McKenna on stage because he's one of those people that just you could tell he just lives, breathes, eats, drinks, sleeps with theatre. Just loves it. It's part yeah. of who he is. So when you see him on stage, it's just it's just a. Joy Have you seen him live on stage? Yeah, plenty of times. I saw um, him and Patrick Stewart in Godot, which is probably one of the oh, best yeah. productions I've ever seen. Right. And I also saw him star as Widow Twanky in Mother Goose last year. <laughs> and it was just joyous. Absolutely joyous. Yeah. So I, I would go and say, I'd see him in, in McKenna and anything. He's just great fun and lives and dies for his craft. And it's quite, it's quite inspiring to watch somebody like that, I think. Yeah, totally. And um, what about musicals? There's a couple of new musicals coming out, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, Mean Girls. You're going to well, watch it? Some oldies and some new ones. I've never seen the movie. <laughs> There's no way I'm watching it that. It doesn't appeal to me whatsoever. <laughs> no. Obviously, we love Tina Fey, yeah. but there'll be a massive following yeah. for that. I mean, that's one of those things that just will will go off, but I, I couldn't be less interested in yeah, that. Yeah, me too. I'm really not. Uh, that's not my cup There is yet. a new musical called Opening Night. Yes. Which is Sheridan Smith starring yeah, in Gilgood. it. And it's Rufus Wainwright mm. has written the musical. That's going to be on at the Gilgood in, I think, for March time. Mm-hmm. And that'll be really interesting. So that is Ivan Van Hur, who is the director of Network that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's a bit of a, he's seen as a real maverick auteur of a director who um, he also directed recently A Little Life, which I don't know if anyone saw, which was Three Hours of Misery, <laughs> the adaptation of the book yeah. um, that was on the West End um, recently. James uh, Norton playing, yeah. James Norton um, and uh, my best mate Elliot, who did a fantastic job playing all the abusers. Yeah, he's a, you know, hard hitting, considered to be, you know, a real global star of a director. So that will be, I think, worth seeing. And then there's going to be a new production of Hello Dolly, yes. starring Imelda Staunton. Imelda Staunton. Which I think is, is it going to be at the Palladium, I think, possibly. I can't uh, um, which will be, that'll be worth seeing. Um, it's a fun show, old school, classic sort of Broadway musical mm. style and that 
is yeah i think that's gonna be the it's a great cast as well actually just summer. looking at it now uh andy nyman who i love andy nyman he's a fantastic actor jenna russell tyron huntley who is brilliant uh directed by dominic cook um and amelda Staunton is just a queen absolutely adore her um i did i ever told you my story about amelda Staunton? No, I don't think so. When we were in our first year at drama school, um, the first years were asked to go and be the choir, essentially, for the end of the Olivier's. They did a really crap Sondheim song called Our Time. And then, like, the backdrop came up and then it was a massive choir of students, drama school students. Just very oh, yeah, disgusting, wanky. wanky and shit. Anyway, yeah. for us, it was quite fun because, you know, we, yeah, we bet. Bet played it. at Drury Lane and we went to the after party after and we snuck into the proper after party at the Waldorf and just got very drunk. Anyway, um, in the rehearsal, Imelda came down on stage because she was presenting with Michael Ball. Yeah. And um, we're all sort of standing there on stage and we were at the front. Um, some of the central students were at the front and she came on stage in her costume, her dress for the evening. Yeah. And we're all sort of like, it's really weird when you're 18 as well. You're like, you shouldn't really say anything. You kind of like seen and not heard. We're in a professional circumstance, all that kind of stuff. She walked yeah. on stage, you know, big flourish and she was looking gorgeous and she said, Oh, I th- it's a bit pointy. And Michael Ball made a joke. He said, oh, your dress is a bit pointy around the bum. And I just shouted to Imelda. I said, your ass looks beautiful, Imelda. And she turned to me. <laughs> and you know when you say something and you're like, holy shit. Why have I just done that in front of like yeah. 200 students? What a knob. And she turned to me, looked at me, winked at me. And she said, I'll see you in the dressing room later, darling. And it was just the best ah. thing ever. She's a legend. She's really, really cool. And from that ah. moment, I was like, yeah, she gets it. She's cool. So yeah, a mother's thought was oh. really cool. Well, how smart of her to deal with a wanker like Whoa. you in a positive, Whoa. funny way like that. I just, uh, yeah, you know, rather than it. do what she should have done, which is gone, I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah, she could have gone, which who the fuck great. do you think you are? Who are you? No, of course not. <laughs> she's lovely. I was just being a cheeky shit because I'm good at that. Yeah. But yeah, she's lovely. So yeah, hello, Dolly, be good. There's also um, MJ, the musical, the Prince Edward. You, do you like Michael mm. Jackson? I mean, I love Michael Jackson's music. Mm. It's an interesting one, that, isn't it? You know, about the whole debate about the artist versus their work mm. and, you know, how we how we relate to that. When I saw that coming out, MJ the Music, I was like, hasn't that happened yeah, already? Yeah, thriller. It's been oh, there for... There hasn't been one around for yeah, ages. Well, I mean, I'm sure that's been done, but I don't know. Yeah. What, what seems to be... I mean, a couple of things I would just say about theatre is a lot of things we've talked about are the big shows that will get the headlines and get the tickets yeah. off from based in London, the big shows, but... You know, both of us cut our teeth in regional theatres. Mm. Me and Leeds and Wakefield and the West Shorts Playhouse, now renamed again as the Leeds Playhouse. Mm. You at the Rep, which I was associate at for 18 months as mm. well. These theatres do amazing work. Incredible work. work. Yeah. And they really, really, really need the support, especially post-pandemic. Yeah, time. They really went into all their reserves during that time. Funding from their local councils has been slashed national arts fund council funding through the national lottery massively slashed for a lot of these things they really really need support so often it means that they're co-producing a lot of shows with other regional theaters so shows will go between you know certain different regional theaters they can't produce as much original stuff because it's too expensive mm-hmm. but there will be stuff in and amongst the tours that they're receiving and the co-productions and the big shows 
that are more commercially produced. These are often where, you know, great new writing comes yeah. out in the studio spaces. Do go see them if you've got other local theatres. Yeah, 110,000%. Um, I echo all of that. They're important places. They're shining lights of art and creativity in places all around the country. So go and support them. Yeah, big time. And then the last thing I thought would be quite fun to think about is it is the Paris Olympics this year. Mm-hmm. And with any Olympics, there's always a cultural Olympiad that goes alongside it. And I know Paris, a lot of that is art-based, more than necessarily performance art from what I can understand. But there will be an opening ceremony. Oh, yeah. And watching the opening ceremonies and the theatrical scale of those things, and they can be so hit and miss. Obviously, London 2012 was incredible. incredible yeah. Whereas the French Rugby World Cup, recently i thought was frankly bizarre yeah so it'd be interesting to see where they pitch the olympic opening ceremony they're always amazing things to watch really aren't they and after the uh, london i I mean that was just like the most it was like a seminal experience watching that yeah directed by um just bonkers danny boyle danny boyle yeah so yeah i I watch them all with keen eyes now and the french will do a good job i love the french i love parisians and the history of the city and all that kind of stuff and how cool they are so yeah that'll be great for maybe we should get a job in that well i mean i you know I'm happy to dress as a baguette these days, you know, uh, or whatever it is. You just got to go where the work is, haven't you? What about the dear Evan Hansen tour? Will you go see yeah, that? Yeah, I'll definitely go and see that. It's going to be a completely new production. So nothing will be the same apart from the words yeah. and the songs. That's it. So it will look completely different, completely different cast, completely different creative team, completely different set. So it will be really interesting to watch. And I think yeah. um, I'm sure they might invite some of us down to go and watch it. I think it's on tour for... I don't know, like 14 months. So, yeah, that'll be really good fun. It'll be interesting to see another take on it. Yeah. And then the final thing I would just put out there, which I think will be something I'm particularly looking forward to, is that Ken, uh, our barman, uh, his wife, Margaret, uh, will be starring in the local amateur production of The Graduate as Mrs. Robinson. So I'm really, really looking, looking forward to seeing that. And I think they'll be rehearsing in the uh, in the function room here she, at various times. So uh, we should definitely uh, stick our head around. Yeah, she's one to watch. Uh, she's mm. uh, watch this space sort of thing. You know, rising stars yeah, in 2024. And, you know, um, 68 may be a bit old for that part. Yeah. But I think, you know, um, it's uh, it's a great part yeah. for, for any female actor. And you, you just got to take it when you can, really. And we are, of course, all behind uh, Margaret, 110,000%. She'll be absolutely brilliant. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, as will, hopefully, some subtle lighting be behind <laughs> Margaret for that famous moment. Um, I don't know if it's going to be uh, full nudity or we'll not. We'll see. I'll give but, it some um, Yeah, look forward to that. Yeah, good stuff. Here comes 2024, mm. man. <laughs> so I remember when we were driving, driving in your car, speed so fast, it felt like I was drunk. City lights stay out before us Your arm felt nice wrapped round my shoulder And I, I had a feeling that I belonged I, I had a feeling I could be someone Be someone, be someone You got a fast car Is it fast enough so you can fly away? You gotta make a decision Leave tonight or live and die this way 